Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Hushmo Black. Welcome to the Hushmore Black Forum. My cyber uh, space friends, how y'all doing out in uh, Cyberland this evening? My Facebook friends, what up? Hey, welcome to the Hushmore Black Forum, y'all. March the 2nd, 2013. Boy, this year is uh, starting to uh, move right along, y'all. 2013, that is. We are just so delighted to uh, be with you all uh, tonight out here on the Hushmore Black Forum, where our motto uh, is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer, and out of necessity, sometimes we'll do it louder out here. We <laughs> try not to uh, try not to go there. We try to keep everything out here on the even keel, y'all. Uh, what we do, we, we advocate advocate for social justice out here on the Hushmore Black Forum, y'all. Our social justice for uh, oh, on behalf of uh, Americans of African descent. Not not because we don't love everybody. We want to get that in. We do love everybody. There's no haters out here on the Hushmore Black Forum. Uh, <laughs> we, oh, no doubt. We, we love everybody out here on the Hushmore Black Forum. Yeah. That's part of our motto, too, by the way. Got a great show for y'all this evening. Hey, this is the second time uh, I've been out of here, too, this week. We we did a special We did a special. Thursday night, uh, the 28th of February, the last the last day in Black History Month. We, we uh, were so fascinated with uh, just uh, re, uh, researching uh, our history uh, um, and my my advocacy for uh, reparation led me, of course, to uh, Thurgood Marshall uh, and his uh, epic work uh, in overturning. Uh, uh, Plessy uh, uh, versus Ferguson there uh, with the Brown uh, ver- versus Board of Education decision in 1954. So, uh, yeah, just uh, uh, you can't. Uh, I speak, well, I know you can't. Uh, you can't talk about uh, reparation in, in terms of America's African descent today without uh, uh, bumping into uh, <laughs> Mr. Thurgood Marshall. Uh, what? Uh, uh, and doing that, I, I, uh, um, I was pleasantly uh, um, surprised to run into another one of our great, great uh, Americans. Uh, I won Mr. Charles Hamilton Houston. Charles Hamilton Houston. We're going to uh, be talking a little about him tonight. Oh, yeah, y'all. If y'all don't know who one Mr. Charles Hamilton Houston is, we're going to try to Fill uh, fill you in on him tonight on the Hushmo Black Forum. So we're going to be uh, and then recapping uh, our Black History Month uh, uh, shows there uh, uh, for for the month of February. Because remember, we dedicated the entire month of February to uh, reparation uh, and mixing it in with the uh, uh, Black History Month and how uh, how uh, it affected our community and uh, uh, so forth and so on. 
So we, we're going to briefly look back at that. And uh, uh, what else we got? What else we got here, y'all? Hey, we're giving away something out here on the Hushmo Black Forum, y'all, tonight. The Hushmo. <laughs> hey, that's a peanut, Gary. So what? Hey, the Hushmo is giving away something out here on the Hushmo Black Forum tonight, y'all. Free to all my listeners. We're giving something away. Listen up. Free to all of y'all is my new dial-in number. Absolutely free, y'all. We got an 800 number coming into the Hushmo Black Forum here. Uh, so you listeners out there who uh, who was handicapped because you had to pay uh, a, a few pennies to call the Hushmo, the Hushmo is giving away a free guest call-in number tonight. Uh, we're going to give that to you right now. It's one eight 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 five eight eight three eight one four. One triple eight triple eights rather eight 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 five eight eight thirty eight fourteen y'all our new call in number is free to uh, call into the Hushmo Black Forum so uh, don't let uh, don't let uh, anything stand in your uh, way. Uh, of calling us if you got something to say and really want us to zero in on uh, some of your concerns, give us a call. It's free. We don't take many of them, though. But if you got something important to say, we'll get on it right away, uh, no doubt. We got somebody trying to call in here. Uh, you got me the hushbo here, y'all. Y'all hang in there. We'll be right back. We uh we uh we 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 uh just had a one of, one of the one of my peers just called in. Believe it or not, he's out there talking about where am I talking about? We've been talking about about uh, Plessy and uh, uh, the overthrow of it uh, for the last better part of the last week here since it uh, uh, came up uh, during our uh, Black History uh, uh, our last uh, Black History show. So we we've been out talking to. Uh, you know where, where we get uh, our information mostly from uh, our peers out in uh, the community. <laughs> yeah, so one of them just called in. He, he's about to bring his computer up to get out here with us to uh, see if we uh, got this thing on the up and up uh, when we start talking about uh, Plessy and and uh, the devastating effect that it had on uh, our community. Uh, absolutely. So we're going to rehash just a little bit of Plessy tonight in in conjunction with uh, uh, talking about uh, one Mr. Charles Hamilton Houston. Uh, the two is uh, go hand in hand. You can't talk about one without talking about the other, by the way. <laughs> let you know that right now. So 
So y'all hang in there. We we're gonna uh, get it started here uh, shortly. It's about uh, wow, eight minutes after seven, y'all in the ATL. Uh, just a, a beautiful day, clear and all, but a little cool. I mean, chilly. I don't know. The temperature is uh, crazy around here. One day is you know <laughs> we out on the golf course, the next day we uh, <laughs> running for shelter, y'all. But I mean. We in Georgia now. Let's be real. It's not uh, anything like uh, up north, uh, uh, up around Ohio and New York, uh, around that uh, places like that. So we we still got it pretty good down here in the, in the, the dirty south, as they <laughs> in the sunny south here. We still got it pretty good, although it, it was pretty cold. You know, forties things like that. I mean, thirties, high thirties, someplace. It looked like in fact we had a few uh, flakes uh, floating around out there. A few uh, snowflakes, y'all. Yeah, floating around out there today. Hey, so but all's good. It's March, y'all. March the second already. Yeah, we uh this year's gone. The sequester, by the way, has kicked in uh, as of March first, y'all. We're gonna see. I mean, people can't feel that thing right now, except those who is immediately affected, like those uh. <laughs> Uh, federal employees who's probably got some kind of furlough slips in their mailbox, uh, they'll find money when they return to work. I mean, those folks are going to be impacted uh, in a big, big way. And that thing's going to get worse until uh, the Congress uh, uh, come up uh, and get this thing uh, a fix, yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we, uh, we hope that uh, the president and the Congress uh, get together and uh, uh, come up with a big plan, a big solution, y'all, uh, to solve this uh, thing once and for all for the next four years while uh, 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 this administration is in office. Let's solve this thing for the next four years so we can move the country forward without having to uh, stop all this junk every uh, two or three months and uh, uh, uh at the detriment of the entire uh, country, by the way, not just uh, one segment of it. You can't hurt one segment of uh, this country without hurting all of it. Hey, so, so uh, that's a no-no. Uh, they, whatever they got in mind, uh, uh, the Republicans up there, in Congress, whatever they got in mind, uh, you can't uh, uh, hurt uh, uh, one segment of the country. Uh, oh, no, you can't. Uh, without hurting everybody, uh, yourself included. Oh, no doubt, yourself included. It's just the way uh, uh, the society is uh, put together here in these United States of America, if y'all don't know. (laughs) Hey, uh, that's what we do out here on the Hushmore Black Forum, y'all. We try to uh, make sense of things that just don't make no sense. For our audience now, we like, like I said, we 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 uh, advocate for uh, America's background descent, uh, uh, mostly uh, providing a platform for the ninety percent uh, of our community that uh, uh, is very seldom heard. I mean, uh, let's be honest, uh, we got ten percent of our uh, our top ten percent of our uh, leaders out there every day advocating on that on our behalf, doing a great job. Uh, The likes of Reverend L. Sharpton and so many more is doing a great job for us. We, out on the Hushmo Black Forum, just uh, believe that uh, 
they need support. <laughs> they need <laughs> hey this this struggle that we're in. Uh, everybody, <laughs> and I do mean everybody, have to chip in and uh, and uh, bear that uh, cross. <laughs> everybody do whatever they can and whatever way they can uh, to uh, uh, help uh, push our calls forward. Our community, hey, our uh, unemployment in our community, folks, is almost 25%. Y'all know that? It's almost 25%, damn near 50% among uh, uh, a young age group from 18 to 24. Huh? So we we got some serious, serious, major uh, 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 economic problems in our community uh, that we, uh, we have to uh, keep. Uh, uh, addressing, keep talking about, keep uh, uh, bringing it uh, to the uh, forefront of the public's uh, conscious out here in this country. Now that's what we do because we uh, remember we <laughs> we advocate we advocate the uh, uh, destination out here on the Hushman Black Forum. So uh, doing our part is uh, uh, advocating and talking about speaking up for, shed light on. Uh, the conditions in our community and uh, the injustices that uh, got us there, uh, that keeps us there today. Uh, so that's what we do. We, uh, oh no, nothing uh, spiteful about it. We, oh no, we, like 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 I said, we we don't. There's no haters out here on the Hushmore Black Forum. So that's that's a no no. We we don't. Uh, we're not making our argument for reparation uh, due to no hate. Uh, nothing like that. We we make an argument for reparation because uh, 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 of and we can uh, uh, point to uh, Brown versus Board of Education in 1954 said that uh, the separate equal uh, doctrine that uh, we lived under for 58 years uh, from uh, Plessy uh, uh, Ferguson. Uh, in 1896, uh, was uh, did violate our 14th Amendment rights, and and, and there's a long search of that because, like I said, when we get into uh, uh, Mr. Charles Hamilton Houston, we're gonna uh, break it all down for you. Hey y'all, hang, hang in there. Uh, it's about uh, 14 after the hour seven here, y'all. We're gonna take a quick pause for the calls here, y'all, and come back and get right into. Uh, our subject matter tonight, yeah, because it's going to be a good show. Because we're going to we're going to uh, rehash that uh, our, uh, part of our show from Thursday, which, which was a dynamite uh, a show, y'all. Y'all pull it down. Yeah, two twenty eight. Uh, the Hushmo uh, Black Forum from two twenty eight. Remember, you can go to my website, <coughs> hushmoblack dot com, and find all of our uh, all our shows. You can get all our shows out there on uh, the HushboBlack dot com, my website. We got a, a blog talk radio button out there that I, I archive all my shows. It will be archived there. So go there. Uh, normally, the current one, the latest one, is going to be uh, 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 queued up, so you can just play in. It's going to play the uh, uh, the latest one, but just drop down uh, your cursor down uh, uh, through. Uh, that uh, blog talk radio uh, 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 block there, 
and uh, it'll highlight uh, all the shows that are there. You'll you'll see them, and, and uh, you can play them back. I, I think I might have about seven or eight of them, maybe uh, archived right there on that uh, on that uh, uh, blog talk radio button, you know, on uh, the Hushmore Black dot uh, uh, com website. So uh, yeah, but go go pull that one down. My last one, my latest one was two twenty eight uh, uh, thirteen. That was Thursday. Thursday, this past Thursday night here, we did a special on Thurgood Marshall and. Uh, Brown uh, versus Board of Education, which makes up uh, the uh, is, is the focal of our uh, case for reparation is that decision in 1954 because it overturned what was known then as separate but equal laws or doctrine. The separate but equal doctrine is how it was known. <laughs> you know, the separate equal doctrine that uh, suggested somehow um, America's African descent was less than socially equal, uh, thereby rendering them, <laughs> rendering uh, uh, their 14th uh, Amendment rights protection null and void. That's what it is. Hey, y'all, <laughs> I told y'all, <laughs> we're going to get into it. Uh, right after the break here, y'all. Got a free uh, call-in number, y'all. Brand new. The Hushmo's giving it away. A free call-in, 1-888-588-3814. Our new call-in number is free, y'all. Yeah, I told you we, <laughs> hey, we 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 uh, we moving up, y'all, this year, 2013. I told you we're going to be making some progress out here, doing some, uh, 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 some great things already. We're giving stuff away. I call in numbers free. Call us, y'all. Get in line. We'll talk about that. Well, get in line because, like I said, we don't uh, we don't take many calls out here, but we will. We want to hear from you. And we're going to take a quick pause for the calls here, y'all. Y'all hang in there. We'll be right back after the break. Uh, you got me in the hush, but y'all hang in there. We'll be right back with uh, one Mr. Charles Hamilton Houston. Advocating on your behalf. You're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Welcome back to Baseball Back Forum. It's March 2nd, yeah, 2013 here. Welcome uh, once again to uh, our show. We uh, got a special for you tonight uh, that uh, we had so much fun with uh, this past Thursday uh, looking at uh, Thurgood Marshall and uh, his his work on... uh, um, Brown versus Board of Education. Uh, during that uh, uh, research on uh, Thurgood Marshall, we bumped into uh, his mentor. We bumped into Thurgood Marshall's mentor, uh, a one Mr. Charles Hamilton Houston. This is heavy, y'all. Mr. Charles Hamilton Houston, most 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 uh, most of, most of you out there in Cyberland, I mean Americans of African descent, probably is unfamiliar with Charles Hamilton Houston, as I was. I mean, I'm gonna be honest now. I, I've I've heard I've heard briefly of him uh, during uh, the last several you know ten fifteen years, just in passing. Uh, still, really never. Grasp the uh, <clears throat> grasp the immense uh, uh, influence that uh, Charles Hamilton Houston had on overthrowing the Jim Crow laws here in uh, this country. Yeah, this guy, uh, in my mind, uh, from what I can uh, see, is uh, without a doubt the godfather of. Our legal, uh, <clears throat> the legal uh, uh, struggle in our community, in the black community, in African American descent, he is the godfather of uh, 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 the legal minds that uh, uh, assembled uh, to overthrow Plessy. Uh, yeah, one Mr. Charles Hamilton Houston, born 1895 uh, <clears throat> in Washington, D.C. In Washington D.C., uh, 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 he passed on in uh, 1950. Uh, but yeah, he kept he, uh, trained, like I said, uh, Thurgood Marshall there at uh, Howard University. Uh, Plessy. Okay, we we're going to go back and put some background into. Uh, what inspired Mr. Charles Hamilton Houston? It was Plessy versus Ferguson, yeah. That became his whole uh, his whole energy. That, that became his. He became obsessed with Plessy versus Ferguson. He became obsessed with it. He dedicated his whole life to the eradication of it. One Mr. Charles Hamilton Houston did. So let's 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 look at what would drive a person to dedicate to go so far uh, in uh, to his uh, into in, his battle against uh, uh, a, a thing uh, in that Plessy uh, thing being Plessy versus Hurstnall. Let's uh, take a look at Plessy the Plessy decision. This is what drove. Charles Hamilton Houston. Remember, Charles Hamilton Houston was born in 1895. 
when Plessy was <laughs> when, when Plessy uh, was uh, came into law, uh, uh, Charles Hamilton uh, uh, Houston was one years old. They stripped him of his Fourteenth Amendment rights as a one year old baby uh, in 1896. Here's what Plessy did. I got a little rendition here. I just pulled it off of uh, one of the government sites that, that keep up with uh, lawsuits brought against uh, brought for, before the Supreme Court in the country here. And this is the Plessy decision. They go down and uh, print out a, and uh, talk about it, you know, write it up. Uh, I'm going to read it. <clears throat> I'm going to read it pretty much verbatim. You can go to the Internet if you want to check it out. But I'm just going to read it there, commentary to it out here, to let you know the Plessy decision is a foundation. Remember, 4-1, Mr. Charles Hamilton's uh, uh, life work, if you will. He dedicated his whole life work, every energy, every uh, ounce of energy in his body he used to eradicate Plessy, the Plessy decision. Okay, now, this is what Plessy was about, y'all. It says here in this little write-up uh, uh, covering uh, that uh, uh, case, uh, and I'm quoting, Although the Declaration of Independence stated that all men are created equal due to the institution of slavery, this statement was not to be grounded in law in the United States until after the Civil War. And, in parentheses it says, and arguably not completely fulfilled for many years thereafter. In 1865, the 13th Amendment was ratified and finally put an end to slavery. Moreover, the 14th Amendment in 1868 strengthened the legal rights of newly freed slaves by stating, among other things, that no state shall deprive anyone of either due process of law or of the equal protection of the law. That's the 14th Amendment, y'all. Remember that now. Remember that, because this is all tied into this Plessy decision. Okay? In 1865, the 13th Amendment was ratified and finally put an end to slavery. Moreover, the 14th Amendment came along in 1868. They, states had to uh, ratify that amendment, too, by the way, before they get back in the Union, supposedly. Okay, but in 1868, uh, uh, the 14th Amendment strengthened the legal rights of newly freed slaves by stating, among other things, that no state shall deprive anyone of either due process of law or of the equal protection of the law. Now, that's the 14th Amendment. That's what it says. Don't say anything about anything else. That's point blank. No state shall deprive anyone. Don't say that about whether you're black, white, green, red, yellow, or whatever. <clears throat> that 14th Amendment, don't, don't say anything about that. It says, no state shall deprive anyone of either due process of law or of the equal protection of the law. And then finally, the 15th Amendment in 1870 further strengthened the legal rights of newly freed slaves by prohibiting states from denying anyone the right to vote due to race. This is 1870. Really, if you look at this thing, it's kind of, uh, I'm just, I don't tangent here, y'all. We, I'm just, I'm putting this in here, but 
Yeah. Uh, if you look at it, <clears throat> okay, you got the 15th Amendment, 1870. You got the 14th Amendment, 1868. You got the 13th Amendment, 1865. Those three amendments should have guaranteed Americans of African descent all the rights of any other citizen in this country going forward, period. That's what should have happened, yeah? We should have, we, that's what should have happened. Plessy should have never had to be if only, if only those three amendments to the Constitution of this country had have been enforced, y'all. Had they been enforced, uh, we wouldn't be talking about Plessy, that 14th Amendment. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> We would be talking about that. They had those three amendments been uh, fully imp- uh, uh, enforced. Okay, we we move it on here, y'all. Remember, this is a Plessy decision. That was just a little uh, uh, lead up to it. Despite these amendments, the article go on to say, African Americans were often treated differently than whites in many parts of the country, especially in the South. In fact, many state legislatures enacted laws that led to the legal mandated segregation of the races. In other words, the laws of many states decreed that blacks and whites could not use the same public facilities, ride the same buses, attend the same schools, and so forth. Now, that and so forth, what they leave out there, by the way, is that uh, they also couldn't be hired into the same jobs in the workplace. They somehow uh, uh, saw that uh, there was a distinction between the colors, uh, the races there, and paid to the blacks uh, like uh, one-tenth of what they were paying white people. So, yeah, and so forth. So the 14th Amendment, uh, uh, okay. These laws came to be known as Jim Crow laws. That's what they call them. (laughs) Although there were many people who felt that these laws were unjust, it was not until the 1890s, that they were directly challenged in court. The Jim Crow laws, y'all. Okay, so 1865, 13th Amendment, 1870, well, 1868, 14th Amendment, 1870, 15th Amendment. Okay. Yet and still, the states, the southern states went forth with the separate equal laws, the Jim Crow laws, up until the 1890s without being challenged in court. The separate equal Jim Crow laws was in play. Okay? Although there were many people who felt that these laws were unjust, it was not until the 1890s that they were directly challenged in court. In 1892, an African-American man named Homer Plessy. It's 1892 now. In 1892, an African-American man named Homer Plessy refused to give up his seat to a white man on a train in New Orleans, y'all as he was required to do by Louisiana state law. 
For this action, he was arrested. <laughs> they drug the brother off the train, y'all. They drug him off that train in New Orleans and arrested that man. Homer Plessy. Brother trying to get some sleep. Tired. <laughs> Just trying to get a nap, y'all. Hey, what y'all mean? This white man don't want to sit in this car because I'm trying to get asleep. Y'all going to leave me alone. Y'all crazy. This is Plessy talking, y'all. They drug him off that train, locked him up, yeah. They drug him off that train and locked him up. Plessy contended that the Louisiana uh, law separating blacks from whites on trains violated the Equal Protection Clause. Y'all remember that clause back then on the 14th Amendment now? Remember uh, that Equal Protection Clause? Because we, we, we read it when we read it. That equal but separate clause. It says right there in the Fourteenth Amendment uh, that uh, no state, uh, no state shall deprive anyone of either due process of law or of the equal protection of the law. <laughs> okay, so Pleasant said, "Hold up, Pleasant said, hold up, y'all, y'all are crazy, y'all are crazy, uh, 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 folks." He contended that Louisiana law separating blacks from whites all on trains violated the equal protection clause of the 14th Amendment to the United States. Yeah, took it to court. Took them to court about it, too. Oh, it finally worked its way through the lower courts, got to the Supreme Court, y'all, in 1896. It drug its way from nineteen from eighteen ninety two all the way uh, four years took about four years to work its way up through the courts to the Supreme Court. By eighteen ninety six, this case had made it uh, uh, had made it all the way to the United States Supreme Court. This is Plessy, y'all. Eighteen ninety six. Here, okay, here's the, where this thing get uh, really heavy because you remember we got Fourteenth Amendment rights here supposedly, supposedly. Yet and still, we know uh, uh, in the South, they got these separate equal Jim Crow laws, okay, that deprives us of uh, uh, our 14th Amendment rights uh, it, up and down the society, by the way. But So Homer Plessy said this is bunk, took it all the way uh, to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court decided by a vote now, listen at this, the Supreme Court decided in 1896 by a vote of 8-1. to the Supreme Court of this country ruled against Plessy by a vote of eight to one. The Supreme Court ruled against Plessy, y'all, the black the brother, solidifying the. <laughs> by, this wasn't even close, y'all. By a vote of eight to one, the Supreme Court ruled against Plessy in that case. Justice Henry Billings Brown wrote uh, uh, the uh, majority opinion in this case. Justice Henry Billings Brown, y'all, writing the majority opinion, stated that. Listen at this. This is where it get crazy at, y'all. This is Plessy. This is what uh, Plessy uh, uh, said and what uh, Plessy uh, put in the law, put into practice. It was already in the practice in the southern states. This is what Plessy put into practice. Throughout the United States, it affected every single Americans of African descent, whether they be in the South or the North. Plessy affected all of them, all of us. 
from 1896 forward, y'all. Here's what what the uh, majority opinion stated, uh, uh, that uh, Justice Henry Billings Brown uh, uh, so eloquently uh, 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 um, opinionated, quote, the object of the 14th Amendment, remember this is the 14th Amendment case, y'all, the object of the 14th Amendment was undoubtedly to enforce the equality of the two races before the law. But, but, he put a but in there, y'all. But in the nature of things, it could not have been intended to abolish distinctions based upon color. (laughs) Huh? Let me read that again. This is the Plessy case, y'all. Plessy versus Ferguson. Uh, their decision uh, ruling against Plessy uh, allowing the separate but equal laws to remain in place in the South and, in fact, strengthen, uh, uh, then, uh, strengthen uh, them to uh, uh, affect all Americans of African descent uh, throughout the, the country. Let me read it again. I'm going to start it over because this is the majority opinion uh, as stated uh, by, as written by uh, Justice Henry Billings uh, Brown there, y'all, in 1896. Quote, the object of the 14th Amendment was undoubtedly to enforce the equality of the two races before the law. But in the nature of things, it could not have been intended to abolish distinctions based upon color or to endorsed social, comma, <laughs> as distinguished from political equality. Huh? If one race be inferior to the other socially, the Constitution of the United States cannot put them upon the same plane. <laughs> hey, end quote, y'all. Hey, that... <laughs> That, that's what Plessy did, y'all. You know? that, that's what Plessy. Uh, 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 that's what Plessy uh, put in place uh, for the guidance for uh, the rest of the country for 58 years. It stayed in place, y'all. You know? For 58 years, Plessy stayed in place, and everybody throughout society operated under uh, Plessy. All of the labor unions, all of the, the discrimination, everything that went to court, uh, dealing with race and equality and bull. Uh, went back to Plessy as a precedent for uh, 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 the discrimination because this is what Plessy said, and I'm going to read it again, y'all. Quote, the object of the 14th Amendment was undoubtedly to enforce the equality of the two races before the law, but in the nature of things, it could not have been intended to abolish distinctions based upon color or to endorse social equality. (laughs) If one race be inferior to the other socially, the Constitution of the United States cannot put them upon the same plane. That's what Plessy said, y'all. Now, what Plessy did uh, is take away all of uh, the 14th Amendment rights for every American of African descent uh, in the country by that uh, uh, statement there. It says it. 
and it did. It happened. It's, it it actually happened, y'all. This is history. Yeah. Plessy said that the Fourteenth Amendment could not guarantee us equality because it did not uh, 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 intend. to endorse us socially on equal uh, planes, y'all. That's what that's what uh that's what Plessy said. Taking away our fourteenth amendment rights up and down the board. Up and down the board. Ain't no you can't take away half of it, part of it, uh when that fourteenth amendment right come tumbling down, y'all. It's everything throughout the society. And that's exactly what happened here in this country. In the workplace, y'all. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's that's in the workplace especially. In the workplace especially, it handicapped us financially in the workplace because of Plessy, y'all. Yeah, but in the nature of things, so says the Supreme Court in this Plessy case, uh, looking at that Fourteenth Amendment. But in the nature of things, it could not. The Fourteenth Amendment could not have been intended to abolish distinctions based upon color. Oh, yeah, if you're a different color, uh, <laughs> that's still in place, y'all. If you a different color than me, <laughs> the 14th Amendment don't protect you. Uh-uh. You're crazy. Uh, <laughs> and when race is inferior, <laughs> socially, the Constitution of the United States cannot uh, put them up on the same plane here. What you talking about? This is the Supreme Court, y'all. That's what Plessy did, y'all. Everybody in the society acted uh, uh, with uh, that as their uh, guiding uh, light to discriminate against, to hold back uh, 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 Americans of African descent in the workplace. Yeah, to depress depress, uh, their uh, earning uh, potential. And it did just that. That's history, yeah. It did just that. We know it did just that. That is a a backdrop of what uh, Mr. Charles Hamilton Houston came to uh to uh <laughs> that is what he was fighting against that 14th uh, that that Plessy decision that uh, uh little uh, blurt right there that that uh, got him uh uh that established his uh entire uh mode operandi I, I guess I you would say Mr. Charles Hamilton Houston that that uh, uh, a piece right there that took away all of not just some, not just some, all of the Fourteenth Amendment protections of Americans of African descent from eighteen ninety six until nineteen fifty four, y'all. That's what uh, 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 Plessy did. Hey, now listen. That was the uh, majority uh, 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 opinion that. Uh, uh, Justice Henry Billing Brown uh, 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 wrote that the country lived under. There was one long, uh, lone dissenter in that case, one lone dissenter. Justice John Marshall Harlan, Justice John Marshall Harlem, the lone dissenting justice out of nine justices sitting on that court that day. His interpretation of the 14th Amendment was uh, somewhat different. In my mind, the most powerfulest dissent uh, of any uh, Supreme Court in the country's history. It's entirely, uh, and, <laughs> that's in my opinion now, y'all. 
This is the most powerless dissent in the Supreme Court history up until today, bar none. Justice John Marshall Harlan, looking at the 14th Amendment, suggested this, stated this, quote, our Constitution is colorblind and neither knows nor tolerates classes among citizens, period, end quote. Hey, that was Justice Harlan's uh, uh, dissent. That was his dissent now. And, and obviously, if Brown overturned it, his dissent was accurate. He was absolutely right. 58 years later, I mean, they came to the conclusion after much damage had been done, uh, he proved uh, he proved right. Our Constitution is colorblind and neither knows nor tolerates classes among citizens. No, that's a pure... <laughs> that's a pure reading of it. And, and it's absolutely, it, it, his dissent proved uh, absolutely correct, y'all. It's the most powerful dissent that I've came across uh, of uh, any of in my mind. Somebody might can uh, come up with a couple of the sense that it's been more prophetic, <laughs> I don't know. But that's mine. Those 12 words, y'all. 12 words. So Plessy, Plessy put in place, y'all, for some 58 years, uh, Plessy put in place uh, an environment that we existed in, our, our forefathers, parents and people, existed in for 58 years with no 14th Amendment rights, period. Because remember, you can't take away part of uh, 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 the 14th Amendment. Uh-uh. There's no such thing. You can't do it. Okay, so that was Plessy. That was the thing that uh, 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 kept us as close to uh, slave labor here in the country as anything. It devastated the, the entire uh, uh, African-American community economically and left in place and uh, 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 left in place uh the uh, uh, separate equal laws here in this country, uh, it, it just devastated uh, 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 the black community so until until Brown versus Board of Education came along in 1954 and uh, overturned it. Okay, so to get to Mr. Charles uh, Hamilton Houston, remember when Plessy, uh <laughs> This had a, 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 a tremendous impact on him. Now, remember, he was born right there in Washington, D.C., where this junk went down. <laughs> it must have got into his psyche as a baby, y'all. This thing haunted him the rest of his life. <laughs> Nowhere as much. We're gonna, we, this is 18... Uh, in 1996, Mr. Uh, uh, Charles Hamilton Houston uh, uh, was one years old, y'all. Give you a little background on him. He was born September 3rd, uh, 1895. Uh, it says here, uh, his bio, is, by the way, if y'all want to find his bio, go to the NAACP. It, they got his bio out there. Uh, yeah, they got his bio. Go out there and check it because uh, that's where I'm, I'm at and I'm reading it verbatim here. 
He was a black lawyer who helped play a role in dismantling the Jim Crow laws and helped train future Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall, known as the man who killed Jim Crow, played a role in nearly every civil rights case before the Supreme Court between 1930 and Brown v. Uh, uh, Board of Education in 1954. Charles Houston played a role in every one of them. Okay, uh, He died in, eight, uh, in 1950, three years before that case came to court now, but he, he'd been working on that case for 25 years, him and uh, Thurgood Marshall. Okay, uh, Born in Washington, D.C., Houston prepared for college at Dunbar High School in Washington, then matriculated at Amherst. Imagine that. Amherst College, huh? <laughs> Amherst, uh, if y'all don't know, is uh, quite a, I believe, a Jewish establishment, quite a sophisticated uh, a liberal arts college, one of the best in the world. Uh, that's what he uh, matriculated at. Graduating Phi Beta Kappa in 1915. Graduated Phi Beta Kappa from Amherst, y'all. Went on to join the Army in world, during World War II. Well, from 1970 to 1919, he was the first lieutenant in the uh, United States uh, Infantry, based in Fort Meade, uh, uh, Maryland. He never got to the battlefield. Uh, he, uh, he stayed right there in Maryland, training uh, blacks uh, troops there. Got to be a lieutenant, but uh, says uh, uh, ran into all kind of discrimination within that military. Oh, it affected him uh, uh, tremendously because this guy was a Phi Beta Kappa graduate uh, from Amherst. He probably sharp than anything uh, he ran in, ran into in terms of uh, peers in the in the, in the uh, army. But he ran into a lot of uh, uh, probably uh, racist folks up there in that army, and they uh, showed him uh, the uh, darker side. Says the hate and scorn showered on us Negro officers by our fellow Americans convinced me that. There was no sense in my dying for a world ruled by them. <laughs> hey, uh, that's uh, to the extent that uh, he uh, was uh, discriminated against, y'all, in the Army. That's the extent that uh, uh, he was uh, discriminated. I made up a mind that if I got through this war, I would study law and use my time fighting for men who could not strike back. Okay. So, okay, now, remember, he's living during a time. It's 1815, 18 uh, to uh, 19, y'all. is in full force, y'all. He's living right on the pleasant, y'all. He see us as a problem here. He's back folks treating him like dirt. And he's a lieutenant. This fellow also treating him like second class citizen in the service at that time. Yeah. They treat him just like a second class citizen because remember, Plessy said they could do that. They got him discrim they got him separated, they got him living in barracks that uh that's half the quality of barracks of uh, the other soldiers. Paying them uh not as much money, not even paying them the same skill. Then ain't paying those folks the same skill, yeah. So he 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 uh uh you know he's going that stuff is uh eating eating away uh at him here y'all this discrimination in plastic is eating away at him as a young man. So he said, "I made up my mind. This is this is you know he he seen this stuff firsthand here uh, in the army." 
He said, I made up my mind that if I got through this war, I would study law and use my time fighting for men who could not strike back, y'all. He carried out. He carried out with that, uh, with that, uh, with that promise. So in the fall of uh, 1919, he entered Harvard Law School, earning his Bachelor of Laws degree. Earning his Bachelor of Laws degree in 1922, and his Doctor of Laws degree in 1923. In 1922, he became the first African American to serve as an editor of the Harvard Law Review. Hey, now listen to that. Now, that's something I don't know because you hear, we all know uh, President Barack Obama was the editor of the Harvard Review. And, and I don't know, uh, they led us to believe, or led, led me to believe that he was the first American African descent to uh, serve uh, as such. But no, that's not the case. Charles Hamilton uh, Holmes, Charles Hamilton Houston, Charles Hamilton Houston served as an editor of the Harvard Review in 1922. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, he became the first uh, uh, African-American to serve as an editor of the Harvard Law Review. 1922. After uh, studying at the University of Madrid, <laughs> abroad, after studying at the University of Madrid in 1924, Houston was admitted to the District of Columbia Bar. This is 1924, y'all. 1925. Houston was admitted to the District of Columbia Bar that same year and joined forces with his father practicing law. His father was a lawyer. Beginning in the 1930s, Houston served as the first special counsel to the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People and therefore was involved with the majority of civil rights cases from then until his death on April 22, 1950. On April 22, 1950, he died. Says he was involved in every civil rights case uh, involving uh, the NAACP uh, from 1930 until uh, 1950. He later joined uh, Howard Law School faculty, establishing a long-standing relationship between Howard and Harvard Law Schools. Howard's a great law school, yeah. Actually, they got a connection to hook up uh, Rep with Harvard. So those are two uh, great, great uh, institutions that are kind of cross uh, uh, cross uh, uh, breed, if you will, uh, uh, information and uh, uh, knowledge between uh, their two uh, student bodies. Uh, I was in a great uh, spot uh, being uh, in the nation's capital uh, uh, at the heart of uh, government. So it's a great uh, a great institution. Uh, while at Harvard, uh, Mr. Houston uh, was a mentor to Thurgood Marshall, who eventually argued Brown versus Board of Education. Now, remember, we... Uh, 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 and uh, was later appointed to the, the Supreme Court. This is uh, Mr. Thurgood Marshall. Okay, now, so when Thurgood, when, when Thurgood Marshall got to Howard, 
this was uh, his mentor, uh, uh, Charles Hamilton. Uh, uh, Houston was already there, a professor there, teaching law. Houston uses posts at Howard uh, to recruit talented students into the uh, NAACP legal effort. Among them, Charles Oliver, um, among them, Marshall and Oliver Hill. Thurgood Marshall and Oliver Hill uh, finished, by the way, first and second in their class in the class of 1933. It was number one and number two in the class. Thurgood Marshall and Oliver Hill. Both of whom were drafted into the NAACP's legal uh, uh, organization, their legal battles uh, uh, by Houston, by uh, uh, Charles Hamilton Houston. His top two students in Howard Law School, he drafted them to work on uh, uh, the NAACP's uh, legal defense uh, team. So here you go. You you, you got... uh, one of the things that uh, uh, Houston did, and this is, uh, 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 I got this out of a different article. One of the things that he did uh, for his law students that year, he charged them with a, a, a project to uh, come up with a, uh, uh, to channel their entire uh, energy into overthrowing Plessy. He channeled his entire he, I should say, he challenged his entire student body of law school students there at Howard in 1933 to come up with a, a, a legal uh, uh, a, a legal uh, 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 a plan to uh, overthrow and challenge to challenge and overthrow Plessy. That became his obsession. Remember, remember, he went to law school to do what? To make it his life goal to overthrow Plessy. That that was his life goal coming into law school. He didn't he didn't get on about being a lawyer coming out of Amherst. He did that. He got to uh, he got to law by uh, the discrimination that uh, he faced uh, in the army. Uh, yeah. During World War II, that's where he uh, got the law school and uh, his uh, uh, driving uh, uh, his driving ambition to uh, overthrow uh, Plessy. So, so okay, going forward, he's a professor here at Howard, challenging his young, bright uh, uh, law students, of which uh, uh, happened to be Thurgood Marshall and Oliver Hill, to uh, uh, and they bought it. Thurgood Marshall and uh, Oliver Hill, they bought right into it. And they was the two brightest in the class. He carried those two. He left He left Howard, by the way, went to New York to work for the NAACP after that graduating class, took uh, uh, Thurgood Marshall and Oliver Hill with him to team up to uh, plot uh, uh, probably what that class had uh, worked out in 1933. He was going to put it into uh, reality. <laughs> the plans that they came up with, those students came up with, uh, he was on his way to the NAACP to put this thing into practice, y'all. That's exactly what they did. That's exactly what they did. Hey, it took them 25 years. Y'all. It took them 25 years. 
It took him 25 years to get to uh, Brown. Yeah. By the end of the 1930s, it says that uh, two separate Anna Linson bills, backed by the numbers, by the mid-1930s, two separate anti-Linson bills backed by the NAACP had failed to gain passage. And the organization had won a landmark victory against restrictive housing covenants that excluded blacks from particular neighborhoods, only to see the achievement undermined by sub legal proceedings precedent oh precedent okay let's go back and look at that again this is what it's okay I see I see okay by the mid 1930s two separate anti-lynching bills backed by the NAACP had failed to gain passage and the organization had won a landmark victory against restrictive housing uh, covenants that excluded blacks from particular neighborhoods only to see the achievement undermined by subsequent legal proceedings. Yeah, the subsequent legal proceedings was uh, those laws ran against Plessy. They ran up against Plessy is what happened. Houston struck upon the idea after this. He's learning. He's learning. Uh, Plus he got all these great minds around him, Thurgood Marshall, Oliver Hill, uh, and the like. Hey, and not only those two now, this story is heavy, y'all, because remember I'm 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 zeroed in on Charles Hamilton Houston and Thurgood Marshall and Oliver uh uh Hill, all those guys are attorneys, are legal uh, minds, okay, some of the best we've ever had, y'all. Some of the best and the brightest we've ever had in this country. Those three gentlemen. Uh working on uh, alleviating uh, or overthrowing uh, Plessy, y'all, but they had help, y'all. They had help. Remember, this is the same period that one W.E.B. Du Bois uh, worked uh, at the uh, uh, NAACP, too. <laughs> W.E.B. Du Bois uh, uh, ran the crisis back then and provided all the background for uh, the research information that they used to uh, uh, show uh, discrimination cases and highlighted and filed suit and so forth. So they had some great, great minds uh, back then working on over the one plastic y'all. This didn't just come about uh, uh, in an isolated uh, a vacuum here. They had some great minds uh, working on it. W.E.B. Du Bois. Uh, somebody else who was back there that they uh, gained uh, information from, uh, Carter G. Uh, Woodson. Carter G. Woodson. Because remember, they had they looked at his work on uh, miseducation of the Negro. <laughs> oh, yeah. they. Uh, hey, we had some great, great uh, minds back then, y'all. Uh, Carter G. Woodson was there. Trotter, uh, William Monroe Trotter was there at the early part of it. Now, something... Happened to uh, uh, William uh, Trotter, y'all. We don't know. History history suggests that somehow he uh, committed suicide by falling off his uh, uh, the top floor of his uh, house, uh, some kind of crazy way in 1934. Uh, right at the height of this, all this is what we're talking about. Remember, he uh, while he didn't work directly with the NAACP, he did uh, uh, still 
provide uh, input to uh, and background for uh, the legal uh, proceedings that was going on in terms of trying to overturn Plessy. Uh, oh, yeah, one Mr. William Prada. Uh, I suggest that uh, that, that wasn't suicide, y'all. Me just looking back at history, knowing what I know now, I think somebody killed uh, Mr. Uh, Monroe uh, uh, Trotter, Mr. William Monroe Trotter, one of our greatest uh, advocacy uh, advocates, y'all. Yeah. I think he was murdered. Cause my, I'm going to start that. Hey, we're going to start a rumor out here, y'all. We don't know it, but we, we suspect we got a conspiracy theory here. We think Mr. William Monroe uh, Trotter was murdered. <laughs> Yeah, to keep him out of this uh, struggle that was going on there, because he was certainly a heavyweight in terms of uh, uh, the uh, people that we had assembled together to fight this thing. So we got Charles Hamilton Houston. We got Thurgood Marshall. We got Oliver Hill. We got W.E.B. Du Bois. We got Carter G. Wilson. We got William Monroe Trotter. So <laughs> we got a cast of uh, heavy, heavy uh, 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 intellect, y'all, working on our behalf to overthrow Plessy, y'all, because they, they knew uh, uh, what Plessy was doing to us. Plessy was, that took away all our 14th Amendment rights, and uh, remember Mr. Houston, he made it his life goal to assemble the team uh, 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 <laughs> together to uh, 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 to fight that thing, and, and he uh, had the uh, 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 foresight to uh, to join up uh, with W.E. Du Bois at the NAACP because that that you know they had reasons that that's what they did at that time and that's what uh, uh, he, uh, he it, they found the perfect uh, the confluence of these uh, these two uh, uh, minds I would say Charles Hamilton Houston and uh, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois at that uh, NAACP at the same time may have created. Uh, I don't know. That 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 had to be the single that period had to produce. I can't uh, think of another period who produced uh, uh, the number of uh, giants in our community uh, uh, since of that period. There, but you think Charles Hamilton Houston, Thurgood Marshall, Oliver Hill, W. E. B. Du Bois, William Trotter, uh, Carter G. Woodson, and the list. Those folks provided uh, uh, a hell of a collection of, uh, of manpower there, y'all. Yeah, hell of a collection. Uh, okay, his target was broad. Houston struck upon the, the idea, by the way, it says after a, uh, after a, uh, just about everything else failed because everything, uh, every case they brought seemed to go back to Plessy, when Plessy said that uh, socially, if a race was inferior, they didn't have any 14th Amendment rights, period. That's what Plessy said. That's what everything went back to and operated under, and that was guided by. <laughs> uh was guided by. So... He struck upon the idea, Houston did, Houston struck upon the idea that unequal education was an Achilles heel of Jim Crow. Unequal education was the Achilles heel of Jim Crow. 
no doubt he got this, a lot of this information from Carter G. Woodson's uh, research. So we had a lot of folks working this bits and pieces. I mean, yeah, he, he, he go on to say that, too. Uh, uh, he go on to uh, uh, complement uh, all the different factions that work together on this thing. That uh, uh, well, <coughs> uh, This is uh, one of his favorite quotes is this. This fight is for equality of educational opportunity. This fight for, listen, this is him quoting, this is his mantra. This fight for equality of educational opportunity was and is not an isolated struggle. All our struggles must uh, tie in together and support one another. We must remain on the alert and push the struggle further with all our might. That was in charge, too. Uh, his law students to uh, uh, his team that was uh, uh, pushing, uh, uh, putting together this plan to overthrow Presley. Uh, and he uh, gave, uh, 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 he let you know right there that everybody, whether it was W.E.B. Du Bois, whether it was William Trotter, whether it was this group or that group, all our struggles. That's <laughs> what uh, Charles Hamilton, uh, 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 home uh, Houston, uh, uh, said. Charles Hamilton uh, Houston uh, said that this fight for equality of educational opportunity was and is not an isolated struggle. All our struggles must tie in together and support one another. And we can, we can learn something there today. Uh, everybody has to, this thing has to be, Everybody's got to work. Everybody's struggle is important. We must remain on the alert and push the struggle further with all our might. And then that's every All our struggles must tie in together and support one another. That was true then. That's true today, y'all. That was true then. In the 1930s, and it's true today, in 2013, all our struggles, whatever it is, you know, whatever whatever uh, cross you're bearing, <laughs> we we advocate out there for social justice. We're going to do that uh, with all our might and try to push the struggle further. Uh, <laughs> we we we're going to do that. We advocate for uh, social justice out here, and that's what we do on the Hasbro Black Forum. But whatever you do. Uh, we we need everybody. All our struggles must tie together, uh, and we must support one uh, one another uh, in uh, our effort, our common effort. We got a common goal to uh, to uh, to achieve a, a, a parity here in the country. That's 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 our goal. That's that's my uh, 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 claim to fame. That's that's my aspiration there. We we I'll, we don't want nothing else. We don't want no more than anybody else. Yeah, certainly we don't want that. We want parity. <laughs> we want straight up and down parity. I want the scale of justice to be balanced. Out of balance, you remember? I, I can't be out of balance. If I'm out of balance, everything's out of balance. You know, one part of society uh, be uh, here and uh, one side of society be there. Remember the man said. The Constitution of this country is colorblind. 
Yeah. Because this this guy is colorblind, yeah. So so we uh all we all we saying is that uh uh, uh we just want parity. That's all, we just want parity. Our constitution is colorblind and neither knows nor tolerates classes among its citizens. That's all we want. That's all we want here. And we we uh Mr. Charles Hamilton Houston he dedicated his entire life to uh that uh uh uh, uh to that uh, a calling, and got it done. He uh, <clears throat> made this charge to as the law class. By the way, we're going back there to 1933. He made it charge to that law class and uh, followed out and stealing those students with all of uh, the professionalism of a trained military officer, uh, which he was. <laughs> and he carried out his life. He carried out his his job, driven like. A trained military officer, yeah, with the discipline, with the discipline of a trained military officer, he uh, uh, carried this thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, along with uh, uh, the collection of uh, those other great minds uh, of the time, uh, and it still it took all of that, <laughs> it took all of that, all of that uh, uh, intellectual uh, power to bring that thing down, yeah. To bring to bring Vesta down it took fifty eight years. It took fifty eight years to bring Plessy down. From eighteen ninety six to nineteen fifty four, took fifty eight years to bring Plessy down. Yeah, with all of the with all of uh, the energy, all of the intellect that our community could uh, muster. And uh, led by one, Mr. Charles Hamilton Houston. Yeah, he he uh, he instilled that thing into uh, Thurgood Marshall, and uh, Thurgood uh, carried it on. Oh, he picked up that metal. <laughs> Thurgood, hey, when when uh, 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 when Mr. Houston. When Mr. Houston died in 1950, y'all, they're good to pick that mount up. <laughs> we going forward here. We going forward. Yeah, he had a steal in third good in the Oliver uh, Hill. Uh, an idea that uh, 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 <laughs> had to uh, had to go forward, y'all. It had to go forward. That idea that he instilled in uh, that team. Uh, we must remain on the alert and push the struggle further with all our might. That's what he told him. That's what he charged him with. Uh, we must. We got to get that thing done. We got Brown is uh, raping us, uh, our entire community, y'all. We going to... Uh, uh, we don't need to be on no plantation if they can keep Brown. Hey, they don't want us back on no plantation if they can keep uh, Plessy in, in, in force. If they can keep Plessy the lord of the land, 
they don't need us on no plantation. That was a that's a waste of their uh, uh, resources. They're trying to herd us uh, in chains. They don't need to do that. Just keep Plessy in place. <laughs> that accomplishes the same uh, effect. Uh, we take a, we give them over here and take it away right here. <laughs> the fourteen minutes, right? We gave it to them over here. We take it away under the table over here with the with the schemes that uh, was in play. But yeah. In uh, 58 years, uh, without 14th Amendment rights, and uh, it devastated uh, our community. This guy, uh, Charles Hamilton Houston, he saw it and did something about it. He saw it and did something about it. Dedicated his entire life in that uh, struggle. Yeah, we owe him a great, great debt of gratitude. We owe Mr. Charles Hamilton Houston a great, great, great debt of gratitude, yeah. And we on the Hushmore Black Forum want to uh, uh, do just that uh, tonight and just uh, uh, honor him all over again. <laughs> and I'm hoping every year I'll uh, I'll uh, uh, dedicate some time to Mr. Charles Hamilton <laughs> on the Hushmore Black Forum. We're going to do it. Uh, uh, dedicate some time, some moment, some thought, some uh, something uh, to uh, Mr. Charles, uh, Mr. Charles Hamilton Houston. Yeah, yeah. Just a great, great American hero, y'all. That was our take on. Uh, uh, <clears throat> One of the things that happened along the way in overturning uh, 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 Plessy, y'all, uh, this was a struggle. Remember, they uh, he zeroed in on he zeroed in on uh, uh, this idea that uh, we'd uh, 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 we're going to attack this uh, Plessy thing uh, uh, through uh, through higher education. So, so we <clears throat> we're gonna t- attack this thing uh, starting with the higher education in the system there because uh, remember he t- uh, his target was broad but the evidence was uh, numerous southern states collectively spent less than half of what was allotted for white students on education for blacks. Yeah. Because uh, uh, let's go back. Okay, it says Houston struck upon the idea that unequal education was Achilles' heel of Jim Crow by demonstrating the failure of states to uh, even try to live up to the 1896 rule of separate but equal. Houston hoped to finally overturn Plessy versus Ferguson ruling that had given birth. To the that phrase of separate but equal, yeah, Ferguson gave uh, birth to the phrase separate but equal. Uh, but we know that the South they had separate equal laws uh, before Plessy, thirty years uh, before Plessy. What Plessy did was uh, unify those separate equal laws in the Southern states and uh, uh, um, uh, broaden its uh, a scope to include. All of America's background is sent throughout the country, northern uh, 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 states as well. 
Remember the North? Blacks were discriminated in the workplace in the North, too, y'all. They were discriminated in the labor unions in the North and uh, uh, the workplace in the North, uh, uh, too, y'all, based on, based on Plessy. Based on Plessy, y'all, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so, so Plessy really uh, uh, expanded uh, uh, the uh, uh, 14th Amendment uh, violation uh, to the entire country, to a whole, to everybody of color in the whole country. That's what Plessy did. So, uh, so yeah. So, and he saw that uh, uh, how hard it was to get around it just by bringing uh, these crazy uh, suits uh, for uh, this or that. Uh, uh, Plessy had it uh, uh, covered. That's the added coverage. But like I said, he struck upon the idea after several failings like this. He struck upon the idea that unequal education was the Achilles heel of Jim Crow by demonstrating the failure of states uh, to even try to live up to uh, the uh, 1886 rules of separate but equal, Houston hoped to finally overturn Plessy versus Ferguson ruling that had given birth to that phrase, it says here. His target was broad, but the evidence was uh, numerous. Southern states collectively spent less than half of what was allotted to white students on education for blacks, y'all. There was an even greater disparity in the individual school districts. Black schools were equipped with cast-off supplies, from white ones, and built with inferior material. Remember, I told you my story when I started school here in 1951, going to the all-black segregated school, black things with Ed in the state, passing right by this white school, which was uh, uh, light years ahead of uh, what I was going to, yeah. At the swings and the playground and stuff like that, so forth and so on. So, yeah, uh, black facilities appear to be part of a crud, <laughs> a cruise segregationist satire designed to make education a contradiction in terms of hey this is heavy <laughs> black schools were equipped with cast off supplies from white ones and built with inferior materials black facilities appear to be part of a crude segregationist satire designed to make black education a contradiction in terms and now, that's what uh, Carter G. Whistler was talking about uh, in that uh, miseducation of the Negro, y'all, in 1933, this time period. That's exactly what he was talking about, how uh, <clears throat> the powers that be had got control of the uh, education curricula in the black schools. It was teaching black kids uh, on an inferior uh, a skill was teaching them to uh, be workers instead of teaching them to be thinkers. That's what Carter uh, <coughs> G. Wilson was talking about in the miseducation of the Negro. You know, that's what was going on. Uh, he had figured it out. I mean, that uh, what the people were doing was uh, controlling our minds by uh, controlling our education. Uh, that uh, was being taught in our schools back then. Uh, yeah, he reasoned. It was uh, a Carter G. Uh, Woodson reasoned that uh, 
the uh the powers that be uh uh figured it out early on when the the slave uh the slave was first set free and we can control their mind, we don't need to uh, keep them in chains. If we control their minds, if we control what goes in their uh, uh, minds, we don't have to keep them in chains because <laughs> they ain't going nowhere. <laughs> if we control their education process, like we, if we plan this way, we get this right and uh, teach them what we want to teach them, we ain't got to worry about keeping them in chains because they're going <laughs> to, they they gonna uh, do what they've been told, and that was pretty much the game, you know. The uh, uh, the that uh, and it was allowed to exist and happen under the separate equal laws that uh, that existed, and the else they worked it to a T. Until so, Houston he designed a strategy of attacking segregation in law schools forcing states to either create costly parallel law schools or integrate the existing ones. The strategy had hidden benefits. Since the law students were predominantly male, Houston sought to neutralize the age-old argument that allowing blacks to attend white institutions would lead to uh, miscegenation. <laughs> miscegenation, y'all. Y'all know what that is? Miscegenation or race mixing. Uh, race mixing, y'all. He also uh, reasoned that judges deciding the cases might be more sympathetic to plaintiffs who were pursuing careers in law. Finally, by challenging uh, uh, segregation in graduate schools, the NAACP lawyers would bypass the inflammatory issue of miscegenation among young children. We can't have them young children uh, <laughs> going to school together, y'all. They might mix up and bump into something. Houston designed a strategy attacking uh, segregation in law schools, uh, forcing states to either create cost parallel law schools or integrate uh, the existing ones, okay? That was his first uh, 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 strategy. That was uh, uh, one of the most important things that uh, uh, they came up with team of lawyers there uh, designing a specific uh, uh, strategy to uh, 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 derail uh, Plessy there. And he came up with a brilliant one, y'all, because he, they had already figured out that if if they could overturn uh, the separate equal uh, as it pertained to uh, schools, uh, uh, it didn't matter. Whatever, whatever uh, that worked in front of the Supreme Court, where uh, 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 whatever uh, uh, that got Plessy off the books, uh, would overturn all of the Fourteenth Amendment rights of violations uh, 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 that had been heaped on blacks. If you overturn one, whatever it was, whichever one it was, once they uh, 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 rule uh, against Plessy, that thing was going to come down throughout uh, the system there. Because you can't remember, you can't just take away part of a 14th Amendment right. You, uh, you take care of, uh, they took away all our 14th Amendment rights. So once uh, uh, he uh, figured it out that uh, uh, we're going to attack education because that is where the federal dollar is at and that is the key to uh, us uh, being in peril. 
inferior education that we was getting. And uh, uh, we're going to attack that first. That's going to be the easiest course of action there to attack the uh, law schools. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, uh devise that plan a successful uh uh uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, 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 uh plan that he put in place uh mr charles hamilton houston there uh along with thurgood marshall and oliver hill and uh countless others uh working there at the NAACP. Well, i want to give congrats out to the NAACP too it, it never could have happened without them they provided the uh uh, financial resources through uh, uh, all kinds of gifts and uh, you know efforts like that from the citizens to uh, finance this thing. Over 25 years, y'all. He first went in there and started uh, chipping away at uh, law schools. I think one of the first one of the first was University of Maryland. Uh, they sued them in like 1933. Won that case. Went on to sue the University of Houston, uh, Texas. Maybe one of the last cases that he worked on was uh, that University of Houston lawsuit and, uh, that uh, they want University of Texas lawsuit in 1950 that uh, came uh, uh, before Brown uh, versus Board of Education. may have been his last big uh, case leading up to that thing. But as you can see, uh, slowly but surely, uh, the tenants of uh, Plessy is falling, y'all. Because remember, <laughs> once that thing falls, once, once it falls uh, uh, in, in the... Uh, uh, now remember, because uh, up until then we still struggling with uh, the law. We didn't. Uh, so by 1950, they got several uh, major uh, law schools uh, uh, integrated by the end. <clears throat> so they still uh, working on uh, uh, getting rid. Still have an overturned plastic. They still have an overturned plastic. They just force uh, uh, the different law schools in the different states to allow students there because the laws, uh, the states could not set up a uh, uh, equal a law uh, a school for uh, uh, blacks. It was too expensive for one thing. It just uh, didn't make sense. And uh, so they did let them in, but they didn't overturn Plessy. That didn't overturn Suffolk Equal. They kept it in place uh, uh, for uh, lower education, for uh, uh, elementary school. I remember it stayed in place. This is 1950 here, the last big uh, 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 case before Brown. Of uh, University of Texas, their law school, and uh, they successfully won that. But what had happened? What had happened along the way? In 1948, a big thing happened. Now, this is uh, a big thing happened along that uh, timeline of uh, overturning Plessy. 1948, uh, President Woodrow, President Harry Truman, y'all, in 1948, integrated the military with an executive order. He integrated the military with an executive order in 1948, Harry Truman, that had a profound effect on race relations in the country, believe it or not. It had a profound effect on race relations here in this country by that single act of integrating the military with an executive order in 1948. That had a positive effect on getting Brown uh, uh, passed and overthrowing Plessy, y'all. That single act had a profound effect on it. One of the things that did. 
about black and white military people to stay together <laughs> for the first time in the country's history, yo. For the first time in the country's history. That thing uh, it uh for the first time uh in the country's history, yo. It allowed blacks and whites to integrate and stay, sleep, and eat together. So in essence, other white people quickly figured out that there was no (laughs) difference in the two races, though, that we eat, sleep, breathe, live, fight, bleed, and die, just like they do out there on that battlefield. There is no difference. Here come career, <laughs> and they see just that. We eat, sleep, breathe, live, fight, and bleed, and die, just like they did in the Korean War. Had a tremendous effect uh, uh, on the um, the races coming back. They uh, well, yeah, these people are human after all. We didn't know that all this time. Two hundred years they've been separating us. Now, hey, got to uh, 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 interact with white folks there in the service. There, yeah, that was a great step forward. I'll always be appreciative of uh, President Truman, one of my favorite presidents, just for that uh, act there, because it did smooth the way for. A brown in 1954. This is six years into the process here, y'all. We had to went to war uh, in Korean War. My brother, Harvey, joined the Marine Corps in 1953. Went to integrated boot camp at Paris Island, one of the first uh, integrated uh, uh, boot camps in 1953, Paris Island. My brother, after after President Truman integrated the military. That had a profound effect. First time he ever stayed with white folks. He didn't know anything about no white folks. <laughs> Nineteen fifty-three until he got to the service, the Marine Corps. Now sleeping and staying with him. So, th- so that broke down some barriers, you know, some 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 uh, uh, some myths about uh, the races uh, when we got in service. Oh yeah, because you know even even uh, when I joined in nineteen sixty-three, still. It was the first time that uh, I had really got that close uh, to white people. <laughs> hey, I was born in Georgia. I, I did go to school, so I'm in Ohio and went to school with uh, white folks. But no, I never had slept with or uh, been in the same house, ate with uh, white folks. Uh-uh. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a tremendous uh, 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 action by uh, Truman. He kind of, uh, yeah. So by 1948, uh, 54, six years into this thing, it made uh, uh, that plastic thing, uh, uh, you know, more and more uh, uh, bogus here, y'all. Because we had we been fighting with uh, folks here in the same barracks and dying in the same fields and bleeding uh, the same as uh, everybody else. So it kind of put a, 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 a monkey wrench in plastic when they assume that somehow socially our color made a difference. <laughs> but out there on that battlefield, out there on that battlefield, there is no color. Uh-uh. I found that out in Vietnam, y'all. Oh, no. Out there on that battlefield, there ain't no color. That's that's out. <laughs> You're as equal and as pure 
you're as equal uh, to your fellow uh, soldier out there on that battlefield as uh, you'll ever get to be here in this country, I assure you. I assure you out there on that battlefield, there's no color. <laughs> when everybody's shooting, uh-uh, it's just you and the man upstairs, yeah. That's a fact. That's a fact, yeah. Hey, where we at, y'all? We out here on this tangent, y'all, talking about one Mr. Charles Hamilton Houston, just a great, great American, y'all, who uh, made it his life goal. (laughs) Hey, not just a part-time job, not just a part-time ambition, but a lifetime job (laughs) to overthrow uh, Plessy, y'all. He made it a lifetime job to overthrow Plessy, and he got it done. He got it done, y'all. We thought we'd uh, share some of his story with y'all this evening. I hope y'all have enjoyed it. But then go look him up. Google him, Charles Hamilton Houston, and study uh, his uh, history. Uh, Study his history, y'all. It's important. Uh, one of our giants that don't, don't get uh, the credit that he deserves, along with Thurgood Marshall. Neither one, neither one really get the arc, uh, the accolades that uh, that they uh, that they uh, deserve. We're gonna stand them up. We're gonna forever stand them up every year out here on the Hushmo Black Forum, as long as I'm, as long as the Hushmo's driving this train. <laughs> We're going to stand those two gentlemen up as long as we're driving this train out here. No doubt. Uh, yeah, we 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 just, uh, uh, where we at, y'all? Coming up on 20 minutes tonight. Wow. Hey, y'all, I don't know how many hush uh, <laughs> I got carried away out here, y'all. I like the subject matter, though, y'all. This is heavy stuff. Uh-uh. What Plessy did to us was uh, nothing short of... Uh, what Plessy did to uh, rival the uh, Drea Scott, y'all, in every way. What Plessy did rivaled Drea Scott in every way. In every way. That thing was so devastating. It, uh, uh, it still had me shaking in my uh, shoes that when I go back and reread it. <laughs> What Plessy was talking, what Plessy was talking about, and that judge's uh, take on the Fourteenth Amendment, their take on that Supreme Court's take on the Fourteenth Amendment, uh, <laughs> took a, took it away. <laughs> their take on it took it away from us, <laughs> from America. <laughs> their take on the Fourteenth Amendment took it right away from us. Is what it, what it amounted to. Hey, it's just a fact, y'all. It's just a fact. So, uh, yeah. When we talk about reparations, we have a reason to talk about reparations. There's nothing about uh, redistribution of wealth and this and that, that baloney and some handout over here. Uh, we're not talking about handouts, yeah. We, we're talking about a reparation O through two uh, uh, injuries suffered uh, uh, through 14th Amendment rights of violations, yeah. That Plessy put in place and the country lived under and uh, executed for some 58 years here. That held us back economically, y'all, straight across the, the board. 
So that's what we're talking about. We ain't, we ain't hating on nobody. We're just talking about uh, facts, and we, we're trying to right now to get up a petition, 100,000 signatures that we can send in to the president, to the attorney general of this country, asking them to uh, go back and look at uh, uh, Brown versus Board of Education and see if uh, 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 if they don't agree that uh, uh, it indeed overturned 14th Amendment violations, which uh, affected us throughout the, the society, including in the workplace, affecting uh, uh, American veterans said economically. And uh, 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 they were, uh, and still is, due uh, reparations because of those uh, violations that uh, was so clearly uh, put forward in Brown. Uh, yeah, Brown said, oh, no, those separate equal laws, y'all, is uh, inherently, inherently unequal. Case closed. So right now, our, it's not, if we're owed reparations, that's not the argument anymore. It shouldn't be. It's a matter of how much <laughs> and how do we go about getting it. That's the only argument. It's not a question of whether we're old. Uh, I think uh, we make the case out on the Hushmo Black uh, uh, Forum. We make the case clear enough and uh, and solid enough to uh, show uh, <laughs> uh, to show people that we're old. Uh, now, whether we collect it or not is a different story. Or whether we ain't collecting all this has been okay. Fifty-eight years from. Uh, 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 Fifty-eight years, y'all, from Plessy to uh, Brown. It's been exactly fifty-eight years from Brown to the end of uh, President Obama, twenty twelve. Fifty-eight years, y'all, and we still haven't uh, uh, collected a reparation yet. Twenty thirteen must be the year, y'all. Twenty thirteen's got to be the year. We got to put all our effort. We're going to go back to the mantra, uh, or the <laughs> we're going to go back to uh, Charles Hamilton. Uh, uh, Houston, y'all, we're going to go back to him for guidance on this thing. That's what we got to do. Uh, this fight, this fight for uh, uh, reparation. We can't, we can't make it an isolated struggle. All of our struggles <laughs> must tie in together, y'all, and support one another. We must remain on the alert and push the struggle further with all our might. We need to, we got to incorporate that same attitude, that same discipline uh, that uh, Charles Hamilton uh, Houston was talking about as in regard to education. We've got to use that same uh, uh, principle uh, for our uh, av- advocacy for. A reparation, y'all, going forward uh, from now. We don't want it to take 58 more years from this point. This is the the 59th year, <laughs> so this is the year to get it done. It's been we've been working on this struggle for uh, since, uh, for 58 years already. Our 58 years is up. It's time for action. 2013 is time for action. 
Oh, yeah, it's time for action. No, we we got to devise a plan going forward for concrete action. I'm hoping my uh, petition on uh, uh, for uh, 100,000 signatures to uh, support our uh, 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 our effort uh, 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 demanding that uh, uh, the White House, the uh, Justice Department, uh, take a look back at uh, Brown and uh, 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 <coughs> see why uh, is it that uh, uh, the due process part of Brown uh, was not allowed to happen or didn't happen because of uh, uh, threats no threats uh, that uh, 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 dissuaded Thurgood uh, Marshall from petitioning the court at that time uh, for a financial reparation. Uh, uh, the court uh, uh, suggested that uh, the chances of racial unrest was so great at that time that somehow uh, we better not ask for no money. Imagine that. The court suggested or told Thurgood Marshall that you black folks better not. You don't want to say, but you black folks better not ask for no money. These white folks over here are going to get mad all over again. Start lynching, y'all. So they acquiesced to, they acquiesced to racial terrorism. That's what that that's what the uh the United States government did in nineteen fifty four after Brown, you Because Brown overturned uh Plessy. Plessy was about fourteenth Amendment rights that had crippled us throughout the society for fifty eight years, y'all. On a federal level. Remember, that was just on the federal level that it solidified uh the separate equal laws that already existed in the states some thirty years prior to uh, eighteen ninety six the Civil War or something. So about 90 years of uh, separate equal we lived under that crippled us, that uh, uh, we didn't have no 14th Amendment rights for 90 years. That's the bottom line. The bottom line. We did not have 14th Amendment rights, period, for some 90 years. Uh, Plessy just uh, Plessy put it in uh, a federal, uh, 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 made it a federal mandate. For 58 years, we lived under that thing. It killed. It it uh, devastated us. Uh, hey, we. Hey, yeah, we. Still, we rise. We rose. Still, <laughs> still, we rose. Hey, no doubt. Oh, still, we rose. But by uh, the effort and on the shoulders of uh, giants like uh, Charles Hamilton Houston, yeah, we rose on his shoulders. And his and uh, the peers that uh, he uh, had around him during that time, he goes on their shoulder. Wow, y'all, yeah. we done got carried away out here tonight, y'all. We're gonna keep it going though, because <laughs> I want to hustle back for him, y'all, because we we can't we got to uh, stay engaged because these people are talking crazy in the country here, talking about handouts. <laughs> hey, we. We're not the we're not the ones out here to be uh uh hearing it. Uh we're not the one to be hearing it when they start talking about handouts. We we don't want no handouts. <laughs> no. Hey. But anyway, 
we we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna carry this thing forward here. Uh, like I said, uh, 2013, the whole year, we're going to be talking about reparation and try to get this thing. 2013 is, is the year for us to do this, yeah. It's been 58 years since uh, Brown versus Board of Education. We haven't, uh, the due process of uh, the reparation uh, part of that uh, case was never uh, executed. There's no time limit on uh <laughs> There's no time limit on that, y'all. There ain't no ain't no statute of limitation on uh, of that. Uh, uh, we got to make sure we, we it's our job uh, uh, to go forth <clears throat> with all the energy we can muster. We got to support every <laughs> uh, get every group that's out there that's advocating uh, on our behalf together and go forward together. We must remain on the alert and push the struggle further with all our might. That's what we need to do with reparations in 2013. That's what the Hushmo Black Forum will be doing in 2013. 58 years ago, y'all, we it's up now. It's time to it's time to go back and look at it and see. Uh, hey, uh, reparations, it's not a bad word, by the way. For the rest of the, uh, the country, I mean, uh, our fellow citizens, white citizens, who might be listening to the Hutchbro out here, reparations is not a dirty word. Oh, no, it's part of our legal process, y'all. I, I mean, in fact, uh, uh, in my mind, it's, it'll benefit uh, the economy more than anything you can uh, imagine. Imagine giving uh, uh, America's Rackman to send a trillion dollars, a trillion dollars, y'all. And that's about what it, uh, about what it is, y'all. That's all over the end of it. But a uh, trillion dollars, we, we deal with that. Uh, but imagine just giving uh, uh, America's Rackman a trillion dollars. Imagine, uh, imagine how that would prop up the economy. You think we can't spend some money? <laughs> you as Peter Gary back there, y'all be. Hey, this ain't no laughing matter here, y'all. Hey, you you uh, give uh, uh, Americans of Akron to send a trillion dollars, which I suggest the Hushmo do. Uh, that is uh, the low end of the reparation that we could work with, and uh, see how uh, see what uh, how that improves uh, the economy of this country, y'all. Absolutely, and see how that improves uh, the economy of the United States of America right here today in 2013. Like they bail out the banks uh, uh, four years ago with about a trillion dollars, like they bail out Detroit with about a trillion dollars four years ago. You uh, uh, pay us uh, uh, the reparation that is due, which is about a trillion dollars today. Low end. We'll take it. We'll deal with that. And see uh, uh, if uh, that don't provide... uh, among other things, closure for a moral uh, 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 wrong, but uh, uh, will, in fact, uh, 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 uplift this economy to uh, no end. Absolutely. That's what I say. So, yeah, it's not just about uh, giving reparation to poor people. It's about uh, 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 righting a wrong <laughs> and uh, doing a uh, positive service to the economy of the country, you know. So yeah, but it's a positive, it's a win-win situation, you know. It's a win-win uh, uh, for the country and for our community. Uh, 
And uh, that's what justice is about. That is what justice is about. Uh, yeah, that uh, the hands of uh, the skills of justice has to equal out for uh, 58 years <laughs> since Brown. We haven't uh, received uh, the reparation that was due to balance uh, the scales here, y'all. Yeah, that's the problem. It's the problem in the country. We haven't received the economic reparation to balance the scales uh, since uh, 1954, when uh, Brown First Board of Education uh, said plainly that uh, our 14th Amendment rights had been taken away and Stop it. Put it back in place. We haven't collected that one day, and the skills are still uh, uh, not balanced here, you A trillion dollars. Uh, a trillion dollars. That probably uh, get it somewhat balanced. We, we'll, we'll, we'll call it. We'll call it even. We'll call it even with a trillion dollars. That that might be the low end because we got to figure out. Uh, our value uh, back then we know uh, we can extrapolate it out yeah. we done done it back then we know the value of uh, America's Rackman in the state of Georgia in 1860 was some 300 uh, million dollars yeah. hey, too much in today's dollars but uh, 300 million dollars is what the value uh, of uh, the slaves in this state was to the state of Georgia in 1860 $300 million. Like I said, uh, it's not a big number today, but it was a big, big number then. <laughs> it was a big number. Uh, so they had a value. The slaves did. They had a value to the state. When the Civil War was over and the uh, slaves was uh, emancipated, their value disappeared. Their value disappeared to nothing. They weren't worth a plug nickel after 1865, yeah? That shouldn't have happened. That Shouldn't have happened, y'all, and for various reasons that we talk about in my book, uh, my father's people, y'all. By the way, we are all about here. It's what we do. We write uh, mostly uh, nonfiction uh, <laughs> uh, uh, biographies about my family's history in Georgia, y'all. We try to cover that uh, 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 story uh, in our writings. It's a fascinating read. Uh, but it plays right into uh, what we're talking about here because my story, my family story, at the end of the day, is the story of uh, uh, slavery, religion, racism, hate, uh, and God's charity. And God's charity. That's all. That's all history. That's, uh, we, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so we write about it. Know uh, the subject matter of racism and, and the hate. Uh, it's part of my story. I can't. I can't tell my story without talking about it. Can't. It can't be done. So uh, that all plays into Plessy, into Brown, and just a fascinating uh, uh, history we've had here in this country. Yeah, and, and it's not all bad. I mean, it sounds uh, like it, just listening at it uh, uh, from afar. You think uh, our story has been one one uh, tragic uh tragedy after another but uh, uh we we uh we came a long way <laughs> came a long way so yeah still got a long way to go but we've made tremendous progress i'm could be more proud of uh of our uh, i could be more proud of from where we came and uh yeah the country is making progress so yeah? 
www.blogtalkradio.com 